Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page, where we try to find the positives in Minnesota sports. Every Saturday from 10 to noon, I found one. The Minnesota Twins won a game last night. That is the one win they have since we were with you last. For the Minnesota Vikings, whether it's positive or negative, we'll find out. But Delvin, not Dave, Cook has been released. Dave Cook is here. I'm Brian Prudhomme. Good morning, sir. What do you think about that, by the way, that Mr. Delvin Cook has been released? There's been so many weird takes on it, both positive, where everybody's talking about the magic years of running backs by committees, or the ones that are just ready to jump off the house. You know, the Delvin Cook, without Delvin Cook, we're nothing but wearing a purple, right. empty purple jerseys. I was going to say, I've seen carnage. I've seen what are we doing? I've seen Quasi's in over his head. Yeah, I 100%. Think, Check, checkers versus chess. I read that right. the other day. But I think the most accurate description of what's happened is, yep. I mean, yeah. the minute you saw that Alexander Madison got inked when we thought he was gone... There's no way you were keeping both of them, I believe. 100% correct. 100% correct. There was no way. How would you have gotten Alexander Madison back if he knew he was coming back to the same 75 touches he got last year? Right. So I don't think you can be dismissive of the loss of Dalvin Cook. In fact, I don't think you can look at the Vikings offseason to this point and say that a 13-win team from last year got better. They didn't. But at the same time, you can't look at the players they've lost and say, well, that really blindsided me, whether it was cost, age, effectiveness, or yes. You know, I think some of these moves have been anticipated. Delvin's one of them. Now, again, I started that soliloquy with you can't be dismissive of it. He was a very, very good running back for this team. fan favorite. But there is some merit to what you said about, you know, running back by committee is becoming more and more common. Running back not being vital is more and more common. Kevin O'Connell was part of a Super Bowl winning team that most people can't name the running backs that were on it. Mm -hmm. So if that's going to be part of his identity, we pass the ball then you don't pay high prices for a running back. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the end of the And I, someday, Brian, you and I are going to have a conversation where, you know, it, it's you can't have a high-priced quarterback to, to get to the Super Bowl. Now you can't have a high-priced running back. What positions can you pay and get to the Super Bowl? And right. He's a wide receiver? All right. So it's, if it's wide receiver and you got the $10 quarterback, he better be pretty good because wide receivers can't do anything with a ball in the air. Well, and that's kind of the fine line that the Vikings are walking right now because their big priority, at least it should be, yes. priority number one, is backing up the Brinks truck for whatever Justin Jefferson wants or needs yep. to stay with this team. But you want him to want to stay with a team that he feels can contend. What's going to be there when his time to you know sign yeah. on the dotted line comes? Is he a Kirk fan or not? We know this fan base isn't. What if JJ is? What if he stays for that reason? So here's How much question. of a Delvin guy was he? What's he thinking right here's now? Here's a question for you, Brian, and I heard this brought up the other day. What are the odds that Kirk Cousins is your quarterback not this upcoming year, but the following year, because it doesn't that's what I mean. feel like they have a plan, does it? Well, I think it does, but I think it's hard to describe. I think the summation of the plan so far has been to be getting quite a bit younger, because they really are. Now, I think they're kind of telling us that they realize that some of the 13-win season last year had a lot of luck to it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the way that you did it, your defense couldn't stop you, me, and our sponsors but the well, offense did have enough. You, have you seen Justin May? Well, I was like, going to say, May and Patosha, I like, yeah, I like the odds. He's a player. Right. We stick Justin at the nose and at the left tackle, and we might be okay. Well, so even more merit to the fact that they couldn't stop us. <laughs> so defensively, the Vikings couldn't stop anybody. Offensively, it was feast or famine. They would be lights out and then just be out. They would disappear for portions of a game. Yeah. There was a fun season. They pulled some things off, but they were one and done in the playoffs, and I don't know that they're rebuilding. That word's been thrown around a lot, but I think they're trying to figure out what's sustainable because what they had wasn't. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and you know, we've talked about this before on the show. There's a legitimate chance that that Vikings team could be better than last year's and have a worse record. Like, they could be they could be very much more... Well, and some of that is strength of schedule. They, well, could, they could play better and go 8-9 and nine versus playing how they did last year going 13-4. and four. But they also have continuity with their coaches. They have the same offensive coordinator for the first time in Kirk's you know, career. They, they have a better feel for who their players are and what they can do. Uh, they got a defensive on coordinator. On one side of the ball. They go, well, they got a defensive coordinator who's going to get after it. Right. And so they could be a better football team and be, like you said, 8-9. and nine. But what does that mean? When your biggest offseason acquisition, in my opinion, take it for what it's worth, the biggest offseason acquisition for the Vikings is a guy who will not take the field. Yep. The only thing that we're real excited about that is different from last year at this point 
is Brian Flores. So we'll see what it means. But if there's ever a doubt that the NFL is king, it is June 10th. The Stanley Cup finals are going. The NBA finals are going. The Twins broke a long losing streak last night. They're in first place. Well, we'll get to them. What did we kick (laughs) off with? The NFL. Because that's just how you start whenever they make a headline. And I don't know about you, but when it comes to starts, I always love the start of the show because of that song. We started with Good Times Roll. That always helps me think God, you're good this, this show is going to be a good time. Now, it always <laughs> is, but I was fired up, ready to talk Delvin, ready to talk Twins, ready to talk whatever you wanted yeah. because I like our intro song. Yeah, and I got an email yesterday from or last week from a buddy of mine who says, God, I hate that song. You need to start out with a song that's supposed to be like the first song played. And I said, I love this song. He goes, it is not Enter Sandman. I'm like, yeah, neither is the show, but here we go. Well, and I'm glad that you said that because, again, we're sports guys in nature. Because Northland Sports Page, we have a sports show. We better be sports guys in some way, shape, or form. But we are also public address announcers, play-by-play guys. Yep. And a game atmosphere is very different than a talk show atmosphere. Game delivery is very different than a talk show delivery. You told me about said message about this guy wants Enter Sandman, this guy wants starting lineup style music. I said, hey, you're not going to find anybody who loves that kind of music more than you and me, but it's not the right fit. Well, and how do I always say it? What song will get somebody out of bed in the morning? I mean, if you're you're laying there saying, okay, the alarm's going to go off and and Brian's going to be talking on the radio pretty soon, and the first things you hear once the alarm goes off is... All aboard! Ah, right. Crazy I mean, train. That was exactly an option, too. The, that's not exactly the uh, message that the show sends out. Well, the way you phrased it, if you're just getting up in the morning and you know Brian's going to be on the radio soon, what song do you want to hear? Maybe it should be, I think it's Patsy Klein. I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. But that one again. Because I'm here the, till noon. That would be a, that would be a ouch song, not an in song. Right. Although if you're preparing him for the next two hours to apologize in advance, never a bad thing. That's probably true. One thing I will never apologize for is our great sponsors. Dave's going to talk about the ones that have been in our family for a while, and then I've got a new one. Yep. We got Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, Famous Dave's, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, including London Road, Proctor, Two Harbors, Blackwater, and Tavern on the Hill. Remind me later, Brian, we went to Tavern on the Hill last night. Did you? Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Kraus Heating and Cooling, your carrier, carrier, uh, when it comes to the carrier HVAC systems, Justin May at Messina & Associates, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, we'll talk to Dave in a little bit, and the original Arola Architecture Studio. So Ryan Arola is the oldest, if you will, in terms of tenure as a sponsor. We welcome a new one. We welcome Comfort Systems, and they've got a deal going as they begin their journey with us here in the NSP sponsorship family. Right now, you can sign up for a service appointment online and mention that you heard it on the Northland Sports page. If you do that, you'll receive $20 off set appointment. Just go ahead and visit ComfortSystemsDuluth.com, whether that's a furnace cleaning, etc. Maybe it's air conditioning season more so right now, but in that sense, I like to do the furnace cleanings when you know you hopefully won't need it. Are you guys on Comfort Systems? Because I know we I am. are. It's crazy because, you know, when it comes time to, you know, like you said, check on your furnace to make sure everything is going well. Right. Uh, Dane and I right now are working to try to find contractors for a number of different things. And it's really tough to get a hold of specific contractors right now because they're busy, busy, busy. But you call Comfort Systems and they schedule an appointment and that's all you have to worry about. They come in, they take care of everything. Um, It might be the best. It'll be interesting to talk to Justin later because it might be the easiest home system that you can I was going to say I love every bit of business that I've done with them and again if you'd like to do that sign up online at comfortsystemsduluth.com for a service appointment of any kind simply mention this feels like tell them Brian sent you but simply mention that you heard it on the Northland sports page and receive $20 off set appointment I loved I loved the question real quick that you asked me when you heard about this promotion you said well if I make one do I get that then I said I would think so but they're sponsoring us so you're paying them to pay us let's be honest here though if they say, tell them Brian, Brian sent me, they're going to go, okay. If they say Dave sent me, they're going to think, okay, so what's your neighbor's name again? <laughs> Let's be honest here. Who's Dave? Yeah, who is Dave? No, Dave is the no other guy. Dave is no relation to Dalvin <laughs> Cook. I have not released Dave. He is still here. And we're just getting started just as Comfort Systems is getting started as a sponsor of the Northland Sports Page. Again, we'll be here till noon. Got a fun show today. You talked about talking to Justin May later. Buy or sell has kind of become quickly a favorite segment because we cover so much. But you and I love to do that right at the open. We sprinkle in a little bit of everything. Well, you got to get started fast, Brian. That's, That's right. the best thing about it. You got to let the good times roll. It's a great way to start. So what we're going to do today, because we got 
maligned a little bit for our starting music choice, but in my opinion, you've never made it as a show, as a broadcaster, as any kind of profession until someone critiqued you. So the fact that somebody didn't like what we were doing, <laughs> guess what? We made it. We're, we're getting paid attention to, if that makes sense. So in honor of saying, hey, the way you guys start is not my favorite, we're going to talk about starts and finishes in the history of Minnesota sports. And Dave, you and I talked about this and said, we can do this every which direction you want. Yeah. We can talk about teams that started fast and then faded into the abyss. We can talk about teams that started slowly and came on and impressed us later. And then we talked about there are some finishing moments that are vastly overlooked because we always talk about something else that happened in a big game. And we don't actually think about, well, this is how it ended. We always think about this is the root cause, but what about how it ended? Yep. So lots of places to go. You've always been our expedition guide. Where are we going today? Well, Brian, I want to start out with a little different take on this first because it was the one that came to mind when I was thinking about this whole topic. And it is those times when you anticipate a fast start, like you're in, right? Right. And they they either, well, no, it's not either, and they completely fall in their face. And I'm thinking specifically back to the Glenn Mason switch to Tim Brewster. And how Glenn Mason was, a, was an old school, right? Glenn Mason was a heck of a football coach, but he was not innovative. Right. And Brewster was supposed to come in and be innovative and have all this new stuff. And the players were fired up, and he was trying to fire everybody up. And the Glenn Mason team was 7-5. and five. It was a decent team. So now you got new leadership that went 1-11. and 11. Well, do we, <laughs> do we kind of always have that? I think it's interesting that you started with that. I'm not shocked at all that you started with Gopher Sports because somebody's going to squeeze it in, and it's not going to be me. But... At the same time, do we always have that when it's a new regime, new leader? It's, okay, yeah. clean house, this is going to be different. I mean, think about if Kevin O'Connell would have come in and fell on his face. That would not have gone great. Nope. Brad Childress, when he came in, was mediocre. Leslie Frazier came in and was uh, not so great. He was okay. But every time there's somebody new, Mike Zimmer came in and it was like, this era is going to be different. Denny. Now, I keep saying Viking coaches because the NFL is king. But Rocco Baldelli kind of had the same thing. Paul Molitor kind of had the same thing. Wild Gard coach du jour. Gardy didn't because he was just taking over TK's program and running it the same way. But if he would have he would have collapsed, we expected him to do well because he had that program. And if he would have totally melted down, um, we would have been like, Yep. So this is this is you know, this isn't the whole idea of what we wanted to talk about. But I thought it was an interesting spot where the anticipation of change right? Um, and when they fell on their face even before they got started. Now, the anticipation of change and when they blow the doors off, I don't think that's as exciting. It's like Dad used to say, right? He used to say an optimist can never be pleasantly surprised. Right. So if, if I've adopted that way too hard. If you're super excited about something and they go rip off 10 straight wins, you're like, well, of course they did. Right. You're not surprised by that. It's interesting talking about new coaches and how that ties into that because – you talked about wild coach du jour, and we always put the wild and the wolves kind of on their own pedestal together because of the seasons running concurrently. But you think of the wolves and you go, well, they didn't really have that. Was anybody really excited about Chris Finch being here? Kurt was anybody Rambis. super excited about Kurt Rambis, That's Ryan Saunders, Randy Whitman? Randy I think we were excited about Kevin McHale, but it had nothing to do with him as a coach. It was the name. Second, Rick Adelman had me excited. That was it. Yep. Well, now second time around for, uh, for Flip Saunders. Yeah, those were the two. You're right. Adelman, because he was a pro pro. Uh, and, well, uh, and to a point, to a point, Thibodeau, because he was kind of the anti Adelman, but he had the same sort of chops, just not offensive chops. He had that defensive intensity. And we were thinking we may have had a little laissez faire uh, with Cat and all those guys. So, so Thibodeau coming in and chewing nails for a living, that was that was supposed to be something, right? And it turned into something, not something good. I was going to say, something. the most interesting way that the Wolves can be described is as something these days. Mm -hmm. But yes, so certainly new coaches make for enthusiasm yes. towards a fresh start, and maybe the start goes well and then fades. Maybe it doesn't, and maybe it comes on later, or maybe with the Timberwolves it just kind of flatlines. But I think the point of the coach is segueing nicely into changes at key positions bring enthusiasm too. And I remember when, obviously, when Brett Favre took over, we were excited to see what that would do. And that team started gangbusters and continued. We know how it ended. Let's not talk about that because Minnesota sports, they, they've all ended that way in my lifetime outside of 1987 and 1991. So it's not so much about just because you didn't win a championship, did you fade? I'm talking about fading into not contending anymore. Right. Because I think of a couple different teams. I mean, there was the Mike Tice team where Dante and company started off with their hair on fire, as you like to say. And then we all know the Nate Poole play at the end of the season that took them out of the playoffs, PA's infamous call. Mm -hmm. 
And that play is a big deal, but it never should have come down to that the way they played down the stretch. Similarly, many years later, Sam Bradford was here. Yes. Sam Bradford was planned to be here rather than, oh my gosh, 911 because Teddy's hurt. Sam Bradford's next year was supposed to be okay. He gets it. We're going to be fine. For one week, they looked fine. And that's what happens. But when Sam Bradford first got here, they went 5-0 and and somehow failed to make failed. the playoffs. Those are the teams Those that stick the, out to yep. me in a big way. And the and the and I believe it was the year prior when you had Teddy fresh and you had Blair Walsh come in. And they they went pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. And then when they hit the playoffs and hosted, right, and then the whole the whole thing fell apart right. in, in, in one game because Teddy turned into what you've always said he is, which is a – you know, game manager with a great personality and a kicker who couldn't kick straight. The only thing with that was it was about negative 20 degrees and Bud Grant was the only guy in short sleeves. So, yes, we all know Blair Walsh from 27 was a horrible moment, but at the same time, there were different factors in that game. Adrian put it on the turf again, you know, failed to get a first down by a yard, that kind of thing. But again, these teams that got us to be so excited and then really got us to not be, you could say that's the history of Minnesota sports because of all the championships that we haven't won. But that's not what we're looking for today. This is all in conjunction to a listener not liking our opening song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully they hang with us for the rest of the show. Instead, I wanted to talk about, all right, who started fast and faded, like those Viking teams we talked about, or who started poorly and then poured it on. Well, Because we talk about game 163 at the Metrodome all the time. That team was DOA at the start of September. Right. And got into a game 163, won it. Now, we know they lost to the Yankees after that. But that will forever... Be a memorable season for me. So even if you hate our opening song, stick with the rest of the show. That team taught us that. Not, you know, and I know that you get eye rolly when I go with the Gophers, right? Right. But that that last Jerry Kill team, when Kill got sick and Tracy Clays got in, and they were rolling until they hit Wisconsin, and Wisconsin just kind of went, all right, you guys are adorable. And the Gophers still had a shot to win it, and then Wisconsin again said, you guys are the Gophers, remember? Right. Because it was super ex- Like It wasn't unlike... PJ Flex team that actually went in and beat Auburn. This this team got to the point where it was like, oh my gosh, if they win, we're going off our chairs, right? And they didn't. And so you got, you know, the the start was good. They they were good all year long when they really shouldn't be. They didn't have any quarterback play right. at all. Uh, and then when it got to that pinnacle point, and you just went, yeah, oh, yeah, we're the same. Well, when you talk about go for sports, I may I roll you, but here I have a contribution to make because it made me think. Is that true of almost every season of the last 15 or 20 of Gopher basketball? Oh, my. Because obviously we know how the scheduling works, and you usually get your cupcake portion for the first 10 to 15 games. Now, they've changed it a little bit where Big Ten play pops up earlier, then fades away and comes back. But how many times, you know, Ben Johnson had his first team, I believe, at 12-1 and or 12-2, and and we went, hey, here we go, and then they were 12-20. and You know, Patino was good for that. Right. right. Patino's teams would get crazy and they'd be, you know, in that 25, 24 ranked. And then three games into the Big Ten, they were 0 3 in the Big Ten and and no longer a thing. Patino right. was good at that. What about teams that have the unfinished business label to them? Oh, so you're excited. <laughs> so you're excited for them to start. Yeah. Because you think that they're just going to show up and kind of get free entrance right back into where they were. And it doesn't work that way because I think of 99. Coming off 98, we know how it ended against the Falcons, all that. Couldn't wait for this team to just get back at it and do it again. 15-1. and one. Keep, Randall keep Cunningham survived, what, six games? Yep. Now, Jeff George came in and was rescue 911 in a big way, and that team made the playoffs, what have you. But it was embarrassing for a while, and then the ship got righted. Fast forward to far falling short in New Orleans. Couldn't wait for 2010. 2010. Yep. That team never got right, ever. Ever, and they kept whatever they did came out you know, awful. Right. right. And so they couldn't they couldn't get out of their own way at all. I mean, that's the Randy Moss came back game. Right. You know, where he, he here comes the leader. Randy Moss has come out of New England. He's going to be a different guy. And the first thing he does is does is yell at the the maid service and the food. And it's like, oh, no, here we go. And sure enough. And then Chili decides, well, Chili, I'm going to show you how tough I, was I am. I going to say, Chili I'm cuts him, doesn't without, check with anybody. And the Vikings said, anybody. you know what? We'll cut you then, too. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. 2010. But that's not unlike the Love Boat year. Right. The Love Boat year was supposed to be pretty good. I mean, we always think the Vikings teams are going to be pretty good. But then the Love Boat happens, and every ounce of momentum gets sucked out of that team. Seen in a weird that's way. That's the to- Wills or the Stephen Smith 
a touchdown fake yep. rowing the boat guy. That was where, pretty funny. Yeah, but a humiliating as well. Right, but you know what? If the shoe fits. But at the that. same time, that's part of why, to tie it all back into our first little tidbit about Delvin being dismissed, that's kind of why I'm almost relieved that this is happening now. Because whether it's merited or not, I feel like the fan base is already lowering their expectations based on the subtractions this year. I don't know if that they should be, but I feel like they are. So what I'm saying is, I feel like coming off 13-4 and four last year that people are excited for this Vikings team to get right back at it. If you think they're going to rubber stamp their way to 13 wins again, wow, I, I admire your yeah. enthusiasm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Brian. And it is interesting, though, if you think about it. The expectations when, when Thielen got cut, I don't think they were tampered all that much. And when Kendricks got cut, it was more like nostalgic. But now that Dalvin's gone, I do think that people are like, oh, no. It's Which like, is so weird, though, if you really weird. watched. So the rumor this week, though, of teams coming and sniffing around Daniil Hunter, now how will that impact things? I mean, unless they get blown away by something, right? I can see people going, well, they're getting rid of Daniil, just pitch the tent, we'll see Caleb Williams next year. Well, and I'm going to steer you away from that because I want to tackle that and buy or sell, just like last week. We bring up something early, right. remind me to do Sorry. it later. That'll come your way in about 20 minutes or so. But at the same time, the other reason this was timely is because we all know what happened to the Twins last year. Mm-hmm. They were in first place basically from the moment you and I went to Topher's bachelor party to about August 1st. And after that, completely forgot how to play baseball. This year, it felt like, well, this is deja vu happening much earlier. April, this team looked great. They hadn't had a, they Correct. still haven't had a day, not in first place. But that has maybe less to do with them and more to do with a just embarrassing division. I mean, the Twins lost five in a row, broke the losing streak last night. They only lost two games on their division lead by losing five in a row. Now, the White Sox have gotten hot. Things have tightened up lower in the division. But the fact that they lost five in a row this early in the season and still have Nothing not a changed. stranglehold, but yeah. a hold on first place, and they just won last night to get back to 500, tells you how bad the division is. And now I understand but, Justin Morneau said, never apologize for that. The Twins are in the division they're in, so what? But it was timely to think... Here we go. This team started fast, all this promise, and now we're going downhill fast. Well, and I think it goes back to another thing you said, and that is anticipation to start the season. I think a lot of us said, okay, so this team was a first-place team until the injuries hit. So if we can just stay healthy, we would have been, you know, last year would have been a different season, right? Because we were really we were good when we were healthy. And we brought back Correa, and we did and some And now we have stuff. pitchers. And yeah, and right. And now there's additional pitching. And so we get started out really good, and the injury bug just hit us three months early. It absolutely did, and I wonder if that's enough to make you think that this team can recover, assuming the bodies do recover, because you look at the lineup last night, and it's not unlike a week ago Wednesday when they put out an embarrassing lineup on paper in Houston and won a game. Last night's lineup on paper looked worse than that, and they won a game. Maybe we shouldn't care what's in a name anymore. Just play. Just play, and just play the right way. You know, you were telling me a little bit about... Um, Lewis and how he was four for four, but kind of a four for four with an eye roll. Yeah. But four for four with the exit velocity gods would go, really? He was four for four. And yet those four were such important hits because yes. they kept things going yes. and turning rosters over and doing the little well, things. Let's be honest, getting teams. on base in this team is an act of God right now. Yeah. Don't go any further there because that may be coming up with Dave Hoops later for me. And it will be coming up with Justin May as well. So oh, we're going to have oh. a lot of uh, <laughs> well, extended conversations. Show, we're going to add extra opinions in. And yes, we talked about we do have a big show ahead. Dave Hoops and Justin May in this hour. In hour number two, we are exactly one week away from Grandma's Marathon. That means, and I texted him as such earlier this week, Shane Bauer, the executive director, I said, are you ready for your annual pilgrimage onto the Northland Sports page? He said, absolutely. Uh, That'll be fun. You know, and Grandma's a big deal uh, here. I mean, it's it's the biggest deal, if I remember right, as far as number of people and the number of hotel rooms and the number of funds and all that stuff that it brings in. So it's always fun to talk about uh, not just... A big, a big event, but the big event. So again, with grandmas, literally, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Try to remember that when it comes nice. to the Minnesota Twins. We're going to have Nick Nelson with Twins Daily on as well. I want to talk to him about a tweet that either Twins Daily put out or he did, because it's a point that I've always said, you know, that's a heck of a conversation and nobody's had it yet. Whether or not it's social media that makes the instant gratification attitude so present in baseball, and it's such a long season, it didn't used to be there before. Or if it's the fact that not that long ago, we had a COVID-shortened season of 60 games. So instead of saying, you know, we got two, three months to figure this out, you needed to get going right away. And people remember that because, again, it wasn't that long ago. So are we used to hitting the panic button right away because, oh my gosh, if we're 
you know, 25 and 30, it's over. Where if you're 25 and 30 right now and you're in the Central, you're probably in second. But if you're 25 and 30 right now, you got 100 games left. Isn't that isn't the answer the social media platform that you got it on the instant gratification social media platform that is Twitter? Like, I mean, you could have got it on a different social media. If you got it on Instagram, it wouldn't have been quite as. But big that's deal. that's my question: Is it social media? Because we all do that now. I mean, Royce, Royce Lewis <laughs> could have swung and missed instead of swung and tapped it to third to get that thing going in the tenth yep, inning, yep. and somebody would have said, "Why are we all sold on Royce? This is garbage." Why would you say that with 100 games left and he's in his 12th of the season or what have you? So did social media do that because we can voice an opinion on everything right away? In 100 Or characters. did it specifically do it to baseball because of the COVID season? Because, again, not that long ago, it was okay to be in overdrive emotionally. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But I think the social media platform Twitter has so much to do with that because you have to get – you can't. there's no long-form conversation, right? right? It is 100 yeah. characters – Royce Lewis. You're not going to write a dissertation. Right. Yep. And so that's that's why I, I do think it's it's them. But you bring up a good going back to our, our topic, which has been, a, you know, not the greatest topic in the world as far as being difficult um, to get our to get our feet going on. But that that um, covid shortened season, did it ever set up the 2021 team for failure? You know, the 2020 team was a ma- or 2019 2020 team was a magic team like it had power it had pitching it had everything the bomba squad of 19 want. yes um the 19 team going into the you know so all 2020 the, was the covid season yeah so everything was on the plate to be great right and so covid kind of takes that out a little bit the twins were pretty good uh and then so 2021 regular season ready to go still have some of the superstars let's go get it and they stunk they stunk and that's that for me. That was kind of the, and I know that's not a one year thing. It's a full season and then a little bitty season, right? But it was the season after that because we were good nineteen and twenty. Um, to to now everything's back to normal. Here we go, Bri. But my question is, did twenty pull the wool over your eyes? Was the twenty team only good because they only had to be for sixty games? And had it gone to one sixty two, would that team have faded and changes would have been made? Into 21, rather than after 21, we went, whoa, this team is a lot further away than we thought. Maybe, but going into 21, that short season kind of got stapled on the 19. Right. right? And so that con- that part, so if, if you'd have taken 20 and stuck that into 21, it would have been the hot start and the, and the bad finish. If you'd have stuck it to the back of 19 and that would have been 20, then 21 looked, depending on where you put 20 and in its part season, Right. If it's part of 19, if it's just a carryover from 19, 21 really was an absolute failure. That whole dissertation, I'm still reminded of one of my favorite movies, Mr. Mom, 220, 221, whatever it takes. But the twins are trying to find whatever it takes to stay in first place in a division that's thankfully not very good, because if they were in the East or the West, they would be buried right now. They basically called me Mr. Mom. No, I did not. I told you it was a great movie. It's a Michael Keaton classic. There are several. But our opening topic today. And there's a sequel coming out. Beetlejuice. Say it one more time. Beetlejuice. Okay. <laughs> I know the bit, plus I also wanted sorry, to continue. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So here on the opening I'll topic for the Northland Sports page, it's Brian Prudhomme, it's Dave Cook. We're talking about it's not how you start, it's how you finish, or sometimes it is how you finish. Basically, what we're taking is there are teams that have started like gangbusters and faded. There are teams that started slowly and surprised us. Now, the ultimate finish, obviously, is a title. And outside of the Lynx and two Twins World Series, we don't really know how to discuss that. There's not a lot to talk about. But we just wanted to have some fun with it because it certainly looked like in the week that was, the Twins were in free fall mode. And maybe they still are, but at least they gave us a blip of hope by winning a game again last night. Can they turn a corner or not? But even if they don't, you said last week when we were all high and mighty on the Twins, because this is part of what I laughed at too. Last week, we were a bundle of positivity. The Twins went 5-2, and two, back-to-back wins over the Guardians. Here we go. Here we didn't go at all. They've won one game since then. But you said... You cannot judge a major league season based on seven game weeks. And I said, well, you can, as long as you bunch them together. But I agree with you on the preface of saying seven games is not by which you can judge. Okay. Well then I'm going to hold on to that theory when they just went one and six. I, I hope I'm not stepping on something later in the show because you and I think a lot. Cause we've done alike. that four times already. Yes. Yes. Who's, who's the guy the twins are missing? Like who's the guy that has to come back and perform at the level we wanted them to see. And that's a great question because at the peak of their game, it's still Buxton. As far as what they've done before getting injured, I don't know if it's Polanco or Gallo because, you know, both have had myriad 
of inconsistency associated with their name. And, and Gallo reputationally is a buck ninety nine with thirty homers. Which side of that are you going to get? Six strikeouts in a row to get to one ninety nine, or a home run binge? Uh, Polanco does steady some things, but at the same time, if, if Jose Miranda is able to come back, which they're rumoring now because he's starting to tear it up finally at St. Paul after starting terribly, could you put him at third? Could you move Royce to second base? And if Jorge is out long term, okay, you shrug your shoulders a little bit. Maybe you get ready for life after Jorge Polanco yeah. in years to come. Is it Walner just because people don't want Kepler to exist? And I completely get it. Yeah, somehow Kepler's still on the team. Right. We got to get to break because we yep. got to get to Dave Hoop super soon, but we wanted to talk about starts and finishes. Couple things that I just want to touch on really quickly. Yeah. This all stems again from a listener not liking our opening song of Good Times Roll. So all of the music you're going to hear today, with the exception of Musicology, which closes every show, are going to be nominees submitted either by Dave or myself to supplant Good Times Roll as the opening song. Not saying that we're in favor some of changing great, it. Some are tongue in cheek. Yeah, not say we're in favor of changing it, but if we did, we would consider these. So perhaps later in the show we'll have you tweet at us if it's keep it or yeah yeah use that one. And then the other thing about finishes that I just touched on with you when we weren't sure where we wanted to go with this topic, and I think even talking it out, maybe we weren't sure, but it was fun anyway. Yeah, I talked about there are so many finishing moments that we just kind of shrug our shoulders and overlook because we got so caught up with the root cause of the finishing moment because we think of the Vikings-Atlanta infamous NFC Championship loss. They didn't lose until Morton Anderson split the uprights. We all talk about the other Anderson not making a kick. We talk about taking a knee. We talk about... Randall Cunningham underthrowing Randy Moss by an eyelash, allowing Eugene Robinson to break it up. There's so many what if, what if, what if, what if. Nobody talks about, you know, if Morton Anderson would have been wearing purple as he did, ironically, a few years later, he would have missed. But at the same time, when Atlanta was lining up, we all thought it was over. Same thing in New Orleans. We talk about cross your body. We talk about 12 men in the huddle. We talk about all these turnovers. Garrick Hartley won that game from a decent distance field goal. We never thought he was going to miss. If he's wearing purple, he's missing. Oh, absolutely. He clanks. And, it's, and that one he shanks big time. Right. Other than the Minneapolis miracle and basically the walk-off single by Alexi Casilla in game 163, I can't think of a positive, absolute final moment outside of hockey for Minnesota because obviously Nino winning in overtime, Brunette winning in an overtime. That's it. You're done. You win a game in overtime. Nothing else happens. I can't think, well, in Kirby Puckett game six, those are the only ones that I can think of, of, hey, the Twins in the very final moment or a Minnesota team in the very final moment won the game. The Butler the Butler Timberwolves team out of the corner against Denver was one of those moments. Yeah. Um, but the you're, you're right, man. I mean, it's very, very difficult to, unless it happens, it's very difficult to be in a moment and think the Minnesota team, whatever, whichever Minnesota team it is, is going to hit that shot, make the shot, throw the strike, hit the line drive, do whatever it is you right. need to do. It's the Minnesota attitude. There's a reason why I use Minnesota sports as just about every form of English language as I can. It's a noun, it's a verb, it's an adjective, it's an exclamation. I'll be honest, it's an expletive at times too. Here's our first nominee as a replacement for the opening song. This was from this was said the listener. Original. Yep. Little Metallica, Enter Sandman. Could you picture this show starting to this song. Dave Hoops is next. He's on location. We'll tell you where. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. That is one of my nominees. If we need a new opening song, I would choose that one. Get on up. I feel like a sex machine by James Brown, but I don't know that either one of us would be described that way. Hopefully we are described as having at least more than a little bit of sports knowledge. It is our pleasure to share with you each and every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon. Programming note, though. Next Saturday, we mentioned his grandma's marathon. That will push us back a half an hour. It's just after 10.30 right now, about the time we'll get started next week. We'll still go the full two hours to 10.30 to 12.30 for those of you that set your proverbial alarms, as Dave mentioned, by the Northland Sports page. Hopefully our sponsors do. We're going to talk to one in a moment. We've got several. Absolutely, Brian. Let's start with the original Aurora Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Carlos Heating & Cooling, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, The Blackwoods Group, including Tavern on the Hill, Blackwater, Two Harbors Location, Proctor Location, and London Road, The Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Famous Dave's, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. And I want to welcome the newest member to our sponsorship family. Again, we welcome Comfort Systems here in their inaugural week with us, and they are offering a special promotion. Sign up for a service appointment online at ComfortSystemsDuluth.com www.comfortsystemsdeluth.com 
And also mention you heard it on the Northland Sports page. Whatever service appointment you sign up for, you will receive $20 off the cost of that appointment. So literally can pay to listen to us. One of the guys that listens to us religiously and contributes that way as well. On location again, time to play Where in the World is Dave Hoops? He sent us a very comfortable picture this morning. I think he's doing pretty well. Yeah, David, you just said it best. Dave Hoops, that was a good look on you. Where are you this morning and good morning? Uh, Good morning, guys. I'm calling from beautiful Brightsville Beach, North Carolina, where uh, Laura's sister lives. And it's a place that is kind of my happy place, that place that I call the beach. Um, And tomorrow, Daisy Hoops flies in from Europe, and I can't wait to see her. So it's been kind of a a busy time getting down here. I'm thrilled to be here and on the show this morning. Absolutely happy to have you. You certainly looked happy to be there. No question about that. You mentioned Daisy coming in. She'll be coming in from Paris We ended our segment last weekend saying, hey, we should talk about Paris a little bit because the French Open is winding down. Roland Garros is a beautiful place somewhere I would have loved to have visited. And the Joker, not the one in the NBA Finals, but the one in tennis, is just making quick work of everybody again. Yeah, um, right now um, on the women's side, it's set three and they're tied. Um, um, Switzerland is getting all she can handle trying to win her third. But you're right about um, Novak. I'm not like a gigantic fan, but boy, he's good. And obviously, Carlos apparently had some cramps yesterday. But I really like this Norwegian kid. I don't know. He's never beaten him, but let's root for him. Yeah, um, and then Laura's favorite player was Sasha Zirov. And what a great story. His comeback came up a little short. But if you remember last year, he had a terrible, terrible injury on court. So it's been fun to watch. And it's sunsetting tomorrow and then we got three weeks until Wimbledon which is great absolutely it's the heyday for tennis in terms of the calendar year I want to ask you just a general tennis question real quick because I still watch it I still love it but I still long for the Agassi Sampras Patrick Rafter Jim Courier Michael Chang kind of days people older than me will talk about Borg McEnroe Connors etc were those eras better or with what Nadal Djokovic and all those guys have done Federer, obviously. Is it better now than maybe it's ever been? Um, that's a great question. And, you know, for if you like the old school in September, it's the Labor Cup, and it's country on country, and then there's a special match, Borg versus McEnroe. They're both still in shape. It'll be super watchable. But I really think that Federer is the greatest ever, no matter what the argument is. And that, that big three, I think tennis is probably as good as it has ever been, although I grew up on, you know, Borg, and, and McEnroe and, and Boris Becker and, and all those great rivalries. Um, but, yeah, it's it's amazing right now. It's, it's kind of a uh, also-ran sport. Not that many people really care, but at least during the majors they talk about it. But I think it's much-watch TV, really. Must-watch. Must, must yeah. I agree with you 100%, but as you said, the masses maybe don't. Now, Dave Cook's going to talk to you shortly. Before he does, I want to enlighten you on quite possibly the best moment in the history of the Northland Sports no, Page. Don't. That was just a couple of minutes ago because – Dave Hoops, your segment started about five, six minutes ago, and you and I started talking immediately, and if you've noticed, the conversation has just been you and I from the start. Dave Cook was looking at me very puzzled whenever you would respond to my questions and just kept looking at me very puzzled saying, I don't understand why I can't hear a word Dave Hoops is saying. And I immediately looked at him and I said, well, you don't have a headset on. So he's, <laughs> he's found that again. It's amazing it's how much been a morning. easier okay, it gentlemen, is it's to been hear a morning. the guests. And I'll let Dave Cook at least say hello to you now. God. It's been a morning, Dave. And so we uh, we may have just gotten exposed for why it was uh, quiet at the beginning. But uh, how are you doing, sir? It, it was a heck, of a, have a heck of a picture that you sent us from uh, North Carolina. And I understand you, you did a bit of a run already today. Well, I'm, I'm running the half next week, and I think that I'm prepared for it. And so it'll be great because I can be on your, your show afterwards and tell you how it went. But, yeah, I had a good run this morning. It's beautiful here. It's hard not to. Well, that answers my on-air production meeting. I was going to say, with you doing the half, I know that starts nice and early, and I know with the half you'll probably put in a decent time. I didn't know if you would want to be on the show after that or not because – I used to do the William A. Irvin 5K. I did it five consecutive years before this show ever existed. And obviously, I'm in a much different physical state and lack of ability compared to you and any of the other runners. But I know that Saturday morning for me after that Friday night race was just out of the question because people have asked me, how come you don't do the Irvin anymore? Because I would be absolutely lost 
trying to do a show, even sitting down in these chairs, I would be in too much pain to do a show the next day. Probably but you, but you're in great shape. You're going to be ready to go. You're going to uh, continue to do the show with us. Hopefully you caught the programming note. We start a little later because of the marathon next week. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'll look forward to chatting with you guys. And, you know, it's not going to be like a walk in the park, but I think it'll be fine. I look forward to it. Absolutely. So I want to talk another niche or niche sport with you. We started with tennis because we said we would. But I want you to explain something to Dave Cook and I, basically like we're five. Because I'll be honest with you, on a scale of one to say 1,000, my interest in professional golf is about five. But it made a lot of news this week. Explain this to me again, like I'm a five-year-old, because all of this stuff with the PGA and Liv and the merger and, you know, calling for people's heads who made this decision and players being blindsided by it. Where are we at? And what do you think this is going to do for golf in the long run? Is it going to be like the NFL where we say this record is now set since the merger? Is that going to come into play in golf all of a sudden now too? Well, to five-year-old Brian, um, like him or hate him, Phil Mickelson was a million percent correct. And he basically a year ago was kind of in disfavor for a lot of his behavior and he more or less said that Saudis have some holes in their game, but we're athletes and we don't get all that political. And long story short, they're going to sponsor this. They're going to grow the game. Uh, a bunch of us are going to take the money because we're greedy and we're not going to pretend we're not. Um, a bunch of us like Rory are going to be really upstanding, just great spokesmen for golf. And he's going to get completely screwed over, as are the other golfers who didn't get paid. But really, the long story it's going to make the whole tour more powerful. It's going to be greater in the long run. Even the PGA golfers will make more money at the end. So this really sucks, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, 10 years from now, we won't be talking about it. And golf will be in a worldwide sport with a lot more eyeballs on it. I hate to say it that way, but there's for the five-year-old. How's that? Absolutely. I appreciate it. And you mentioned the long run of golf it'll fade away and this won't be talked about, but it may not fade away fast enough. I believe the U S open is next weekend. What kind of immediate impact do you see on something like that? Very little. Um, Rory's going to give some great sound bites, but these guys are mostly friends. And um, you know, I think it's going to actually be a little bit more comfortable next weekend. Um, Kepka winning that last major uh, made, it made it kind of a, kind of a preordained, uh, example, and he'll be in it next weekend. I, I think you're going to hear a lot about it, but I think the golfers are probably starting to move on already. I think a lot of it just boils down to the money, to be honest with you, and I mean that in a negative light, but I want to spin the term money into a positive light because it is Grandma's Marathon next weekend. We'll have Shane Bauer at about 5 after 11 today. That is the ultimate moneymaker for Duluth as a city, as a city economy, and that includes, of course, businesses, especially those in Canal Park. Are you getting you know all hands on deck at the ready, but also chomping at the bit because your place is always busy? It should be busy with a capital B next weekend. Yeah, it's kind of like the kickoff to summer in Canal Park typically. And what we have found is we open early, pretty much uh, right when the half marathon ends. And then we've got uh, refreshments and juices and pastries and such. And people come in for that, even for a beer. And, and then it kind of segues into if it's a nice day, um, it has been some of our busiest days in our history. So, yes, I look forward to it. And um, I think that the, the deck in Bayfront has done a magnificent job kind of putting on a show. And Shane's a friend. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. And I wish him all the luck in the world on it. I do enjoy him quite a bit. He's on this show annually for the same reason each year, but does a dynamite job. Again, he's coming up about 5 after 11. We'll have Justin May in between with a little buy or sell. Something I look forward to every weekend is Justin May, is Dave Hoops, is everything about this show. And a big part of this show is Dave Cook's time to shine. Headset and all, he's got questions for Dave Hoops and myself. Um, someday that's going to be a question in and of itself. Um, all right, gentlemen, we um, five, six years ago, or longer than that, like when our parents were involved in baseball, the strikeout used to be horrible. If you couldn't hit the ball well, you didn't have any point. Here a few years ago, all of a sudden strikeouts became okay. Because it was a three-outcome thing, right? Walk, strikeout, uh, home run. Uh, this week, I saw more than one headline that started with, Twins strike out 16 times in a game. Uh, strikeouts need to be addressed. Strikeouts need to be addressed. Um, so that's kind of a two-part question. One, are strikeouts bad? 
or are they no different? So if you struck out 16 times or if you hit 16 fly balls, does it matter? And two, if it does, what do we do about it? Dave Hoops, I'll let you go first. Too many ways to go with this one. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, no, I don't think they're bad. I think that uh, somebody like Buxton, for example, who had the big streak before he got hurt, that, that kind of that long slump he's in, um, I think that strikeouts show that the, the hitter's up there making that attempt and maybe his timing is just slightly off, and I think you just have to plug away. Is it different than a fly ball? Yeah, because there's probably a little bit more negativity attached to a strikeout. But no, I don't think that strikeouts are bad. And I don't think they need to pound on the Twins for that. I think they have a lot of other things they can talk about. I can't remember what the second part of the question was. I'm sorry. I think you tackled it rather <laughs> yeah, well. It. And I'll jump the in from there. Was, what do we do about it? Because I have too many asterisks behind mine. Because I don't think they're bad either. Because some of it is just, you know, pitchers are filthy these days. Don't forget that there's somebody up there trying to get you out. And if it's by way of a strikeout, it's going to happen. So you can't lament each and every one of them. You drive yourself crazy. But it's not fun when seven, eight, nine guys are in a slump rather than one. It's going to happen to, you know, one, two, three players. In this case of the Twins specifically, it's been a seven, eight, nine man slump. And that's, that's tough to get around. And if you're not having trouble scoring, but still striking out a lot, like the Bomba Squad did in 2019, you shrug your shoulders at it. It's an act of God right now for the Twins to put up more than two runs in a game. So you need productive outs rather than strikeouts. So depending upon who it is, if it's somebody that's hitting seven, eight, nine for a reason, I texted a friend of mine last night and it was somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but not that much. When the Twins are scuffling this bad, I'm not sure I wouldn't bunt over every leadoff hit that there is, take the strikeout and double play off the table right away, take your odds with almost like an extra innings type play, put a runner on second and have one out and see what you can do. So... Strikeouts aren't bad because they're part of the game, but in mass quantity and kind of you know spreading to everybody like a virus, that makes it tough. I think it's going to be real interesting because the response to this at some point is going to be robot umpires for strike zone. And I hope you enjoyed your strikeouts now because those half out, half inch outside when they're called balls, you're going to wish, oh my gosh, five years ago that was a strike. Well, the difficult part is the Minnesota Twins right now looks like they might strike out in T-ball. Go ahead. You got one more today. I do. Um, and so this one is going to start as a wrestling question, and, and it won't be a wrestling question. So this week, uh, the Iron Sheik passed away. And the Iron Sheik at one point was a good wrestler, um, but... He won some championships. He was, you know, he was okay, but he wasn't like Hulk Hogan, right? He wasn't the big player. Uh, in other sports, can you think of anybody? And so he this he died this week, and he was very much revered nationally. Um, guys, can you think of players who, um, when they were playing, they were okay, they were kind of important, but when they passed or when they retired or when something else happened, people just went gaga over them? Well, that's a hard one. Um, uh, right off the bat, I mean, I think, you know, you can't, the, the question doesn't allow us to talk about Kirby. So right. that, that, that really, I was on my honeymoon and that, that kind of wrecked a few days. Um, I would say maybe, um, you know, I, this is before my time, but Clemente, was a, a player I, as well. He's a total like Hall of Famer, I think. But he was a guy that when when he, I'm not doing a good job with the question. I'm sorry. I I can't answer the question with um, also Rands who are famous now. Brian, to you. Yeah, it's not very easy. I mean, I think a different way. I think of people that maybe got to go gaga over because they made it in broadcasting. Because I think of Kenny Smith alongside Barkley and Shaq. All three of them do a great job. Barkley and Shaq are Hall of Fame caliber players, obviously. Kenny Smith was a championship player, but he was another guy on good championship teams for the Rockets. But I love hearing him analyze the game. He gets it. You know, Clark Kellogg is that way for basketball, too. Tony Romo in his own way, although I'm annoyed with him now as an analyst. People got more into him, the broadcaster, than into him, the quarterback. I like Trevor Plouffe as an analyst for the Twins. Trevor Plouffe was definition middling at best as a Minnesota Twins player. As far as posthumously, I... I guess I think a guy that I heard a lot more about and, and should and could have been great is Thurman Munson for me. Yeah, Thurman Munson's a good one. Uh, in fact, Thurman Munson's a great one. Not Lyman just a Bostock good one. could be a local one. Yeah, uh, Thurman Munson was an all-star who over time has become bigger. I The question started and stopped with me with Tony Saragusa. When, yeah. he, when he played, uh, he was just a nose tackle. Uh, and you and I talked about this, Brian. Once he hit the media, 
he became famous because he was kind of goofy and, and whatnot. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Speaking of goofy, my favorite goofy guy is Dave Hoops. There's nothing we can't talk to you about. You're having fun in Carolina this weekend. You're going to be having fun half marathoning next weekend. And everybody should get down to the brewery. It's the best weekend of the year next week, right? Or is it the week after with Hoopla? Two dynamite weekends in a row. Yeah, and you guys are going to be on site broadcasting. Yes. I can't wait for that. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you for yet another Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy that beautiful weather. Stay in great shape. Good luck next Saturday. I'll say that now, and we'll get to talk to you right after. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your show and rest of your day. Take Absolutely. Care. You as well. Enjoy Daisy coming back to the States as well. That's Dave Hoops of Hoops Brewing. Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates, is next. We'll play some buy or sell. Stick around. We're the Northland Sports Page. Coming right back. We're always having a good day. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Again, these are nominees to replace the opening song of Good Times Roll. We had a listener Unlikely, feel like reaching out to us to let us know how much he didn't like that one. So have a good day, or it's simply called Good Day, I believe. That is one of my choices, as was Get On Up by James Brown. Dave Cook, so far, he's got many choices coming up later. The bump out for Dave Hoops blow by Kesha was one of your choices. Yep, absolutely. And, and honestly, Brian, you couldn't have a list of potential songs without me picking a Kesha song, can you? No, no. And you had another one picked out, and I said, you know, I know gender identity is a touchy subject these days, but the one you had picked up for us really wouldn't have worked. No, Woman's a fantastic song. It is. Uh, Maybe we, we need more of that fired. influence on this show. We'd have got fired 35 seconds into the song. No question about it. That's not even for the message as much as the language. Correct. So let's go to Justin May. I know that he likes his intro music most of the time. Have you ever had a major problem with any of the songs that we use, Justin May? And let's let's do what they do on Twitter. I'm going to take Baby Shark off the table because a lot of people complain about uh, that one just because it's overplayed in general. And, of course, good morning. Good morning, guys. I got a little guy in the truck with me today. We were out showing houses, and he loves Baby Shark, but not one of my favorite ones, I can tell you that. No, most of the time, everything you guys pick for me is awesome. Um, I, I do, I kind of lean towards the inner Sandman too, David. I love that song. But I, when I hear your guys' intro song, it, you know, it kind of starts my Saturday with, okay, now I don't have to listen to the national talking heads anymore, but <laughs> talk some local youth sports. And I wouldn't change your intro song at all. See, there you go. Yeah, He's got some appreciation for us, yep. but at the same time, he kind of played the middle ground because he loved Enter Sandman, and that's where this started, too. Yeah, but he said, don't change it. I heard him say, don't change the intro. Right. Just keep being how we are. I we appreciate that. On. I heard it. And you said you wanted to talk to Justin May about some things, especially with the addition of Comfort Systems to our sponsorship family. Yeah. You know, Justin, we were talking, we've talked about mechanicals for decades here, it feels like. Um, the ultimate, the ultimate mechanicals. Uh, when it comes to a company, is Comfort Systems. What's your experience with Comfort Systems, our newest sponsor? They're excellent. And um, talked with Krause for a little bit about it last night, and they don't really offer the same services. What Comfort Systems does is, for your person that's not handy at all, if you know nothing about any of the mechanicals that run your home, that's the kind of system or the kind of service that you want to employ because if there's any problem at all, They've got their 24-hour hotline. They'll try and walk you through it, and if you can't get it figured out, they send somebody out. Basically, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but it, the way I understand it, it's pretty much 24-7. So excellent program. They do wonderful work. Not a lot of crossover. Billy's kind of more specialized in you know the heating and air where Comfort Systems kind of handles everything. Absolutely, they do. I appreciate that because I want to remind folks that Comfort Systems is now part of our Northland Sports Page sponsorship family. Their promotion here during the inaugural week and beyond is being a sponsor on our show. Simply sign up online for a service appointment and mention you heard it on the Northland Sports Page, and you can receive $20 off the cost of that appointment. Visit ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. And then, of course, Justin May is our realtor at Messina & Associates. i got to do my job as his PR guy now to view his listings. You know his Log number. on to MZR.com. Or, of course, give him a call, as I did a couple of times this week, 218-310-9559. Justin May, when do I get to be – you advertise with us. When do I get to do ads specifically for you? I'm going to start taking you out on showings because you're getting you good are. at this. You'll point out the roof. You'll go to the mechanical room. You'll slow things down, make sure everybody sees everything. I love it. You're doing great, Brian. I'll, I'll slow things down. What do you mean? What are you trying to say, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Having a good time with you. There's, there's multiple reasons I don't walk the William A. Irvin 5K anymore, and I'm guessing that the staff for that race is thrilled that they have a little bit shorter day because of it. 
But we're having a good day always here on the Northland Sports Page. One of my favorite things to do. And I've told you this, Justin, that our listeners have told me time and time again, it's one of their favorite segments to hear is buy or sell. And how it works, just like you want to buy or sell your home with Justin May, our realtor at Messina and Associates, we're going to buy or sell different sports takes. I'm going to give a statement in regards to each of the four major leagues, MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL. If you buy what I'm saying, you say buy and you tell me why. That means you agree. If you disagree, you would say sell and you tell me why. Justin May is in control of the order in which we play and, of course, has a lot to say about said statements as well. Where are we starting today? Well, I think that you've been just holding back all morning on trying to get the Dalvin questions out there. So let's start with the NFL. You are right. I did steer away from it early on to make room for your segment. So buy or sell this. I don't think that the Delvin Cook release was all that unexpected. Now, if you surf social media enough, you can find people shocked, saddened, questioning everything. Dave and I talked about that. But I don't think the Delvin move is really all that shocking. Now, buy or sell that if Daniil Hunter moves on as well, you would be very upset. I'll buy that. I think Daniil has a much higher impact on the football team just because of the system that's going to be operating in it. It's not Dalvin's fault that he just got moved on from aged out from a system where it, it, they're not going to rely on the running back like Zimmerman was, so or Zimmer. So I think that uh, Daniil will definitely be more of an impactful loss. I don't know if people will understand that because he's a defensive player and most people don't understand how much he does on the field. I guess, Brian, I'm going to buy that as well. Um, I think that the reason I buy it is that they've cut so many players. Right. And Hunter is still primed to Neil Hunter um, that uh, I don't know if you can cut him. However, what do they get back? Right. So something that I heard the other day, trade him to watch Young in a second. Sign me up for that in a heartbeat. Yes, exactly. Chase Young was hurt last year. Right. That's why That's why you're going to get him. You have kind of the something. same guy a little bit younger. Yeah, we truly. But Washington thinks they're ready to go. Hunter played the whole season last year. Is that a terrible trade? I don't know. You might have to throw a sweetener in there, too. It might have to be Hunter in a fourth for Young in a second. But I think that kind of trade I'd do. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add to what you just said because I agree with so much of it. I'm going to buy that I would be upset if Daniil Hunter moves on from the Minnesota Vikings. But again, what are you getting in return is a huge factor. The other thing that's a huge factor to me is Daniil Hunter just not wanting to play on his current contract kind of irks me. I mean, you've been either hurt or not very productive. The numbers say you were good last year. The eye test says there was a disappearing act for several weeks in a row. Not Zadarius Smith-like, but not far behind him. So for Daniil Hunter to fold his arms, walk away, and go, pay me or I'm not coming here, I would want to look at him and say, for what? But at the same time, the potential, or if the prime Daniil Hunter is still there, I don't know that you bring in Brian Flores and then have nobody to really play with defensively. Your defensive identity would almost solely be Harrison Smith, and I don't think you can live with your only true proven player being on the very, very back end of a defense. So I'll buy it. It would be tough, but what are you getting for him? Dave, you make a great point. Justin May, what is next? Let's go NBA. NBA. All right, the Denver Nuggets seemingly have taken control of this series by winning again last night. They took both games in Miami after splitting at home, so it's 3-1 Denver. So it looks like we're ready to anoint the Denver Nuggets, the NBA champions for this year. Buy or sell that that takes anything away from Miami's run as an eight seed that was once in the play-in tournament. Um, I agree with you. I don't know whether to buy or sell it, but I agree with all the statements you said. I think that my dislike of Jimmy Butler aside... I think that their run to the championship is pretty impressive. That Boston team is a pretty good basketball team, and they just kind of made Boston implode. They they wouldn't let them do what Boston does. And so the fact that I don't like Jimmy, I can still be um, somebody who can look at it from the outside and say that's pretty impressive. So I'm going to buy that it's going to take away from their run, and I'm going to buy for a couple reasons. One, because I hope it does, and it has nothing to do with any kind of disdain for Jimmy Butler like my co-host Dave Cook has. I want, if this series ends with the Nuggets winning, whether it's in five, six, or seven, I want the focus to be on how dang good Denver's been. Now, I understand that they beat an underachieving Minnesota, a Lakers team that was a seven, 
Kevin Durant and company in Phoenix really didn't give up much of a fight. And then they didn't get, you know, the best of the East. Miami knocked those teams off and got there. So you could say, well, shrug your shoulders. They beat a seven and an eight in the last two rounds. But Denver's been so good. And not just the Joker and Jamal Murray. You look at last night, you know, what Bruce did, what Aaron Gordon's doing. What in the world? You know, Michael Porter Jr. all of a sudden is a piece. The depth of Denver needs to be appreciated. And the other reason that I'll buy that it takes something away is, unless it's a classic rivalry like Lakers-Celtics or like Warriors-Cavs became, who remembers who finished second other than the local fan base? I don't think anybody's going to say, hey, remember that finals that Miami lost? I want to ask a very super quick question. Do you, does Denver feel like a potential dynasty to you? Because they do not. Possibly. They're, they're young enough, but... I don't think they feel like that to anybody because until the past two weeks, nobody's heard of half these guys. That's true. All right, two down, two to go. Justin May, what's next? Let's go with the NHL. All right, so similarly, Vegas is leading, but Florida showed a sign of life by getting an overtime victory earlier this week. Buy or sell that that makes this a series like Wayne Gretzky tried to tell all of us after that victory, or this is just, well, a team that's overmatched, won their one token home game, and now Vegas will run with it. I think that Florida is in this. I think it's still going to be a seven-game Stanley Cup playoff that's going to be just every game is going to get better and better and better. And um, We talked about how the layoff with Florida probably put them on the back bench for a little bit, and they're having a tough time uh, getting the wheels turning again. But you saw the other night that they're coming around, and it's going to be – they're going to make a series of it. And as long as they have Kachuk, they can score at any time. I I guess I agree with with um, Mr. May. the uh, The thing is, is whenever a team scores uh, in a game late, right? It feels like momentum changes a little bit. And this Florida team scored late, right? Pulled it out of the victor, pulled victory out of the jaws of defeat. And it always feels like that momentum, if it carries to the next game, all of a sudden it's a seven game series. Now, I should never disagree with the great one. Wayne Gretzky knows more about hockey than I'll ever try to know. But I don't think he's on to something here. I think Vegas runs and hides eventually. I would have thought differently if Florida wins their home game, say, by three or four goals, and they put their foot down and said, you won at home, we're going to do the same thing, buckle up, it's a series. It was a one-shot game in overtime. If if Vegas wins that, you know, a couple minutes into OT like Florida does, we're, we're sitting there at 3 nothing, going, yeah, that's cute, this is over. So I think Vegas player for player is that much better and should run and hide. But how many series did Florida already play in that player for player? They were underdog. So we'll see what happens. Major League Baseball to close. We are up against it for time. And therefore, I hate that we did this last because it's probably a topic that can really be visited in depth. But buy or sell this, Justin May. I am not going to say buy or sell that the Twins miss Luisa Rise. That's a no brainer. I'm not going to say buy or sell that you wish Luisa Rise was still here. That's a no-brainer, too. But buy or sell this, since he's been a hot topic, hitting over 400. Buy or sell that you're upset with the Minnesota Twins for making that Luis Arise trade. I buy that 100%. I have been since the trade happened. I'm not saying we didn't need the pitching, but what I am saying is we could have afforded both. So why did we have – I mean, I get what a trade is. You had to give a player to get a player. But we could have went and bought a couple players, too. So – there's no reason why he shouldn't still be on this baseball team. And you talked in the earlier segment about spark plugs. That, there's your spark plug. There's your guy that is not in the locker room that we don't have that, that presence this year. I'm going to sell Brian because where do you play him? He was hurt. All His knees are bad. You can't play him in the field, so he's your DH. So what do you do with Buxton? Right. Like, I mean, I, I understand you put that. put Buxton in the outfield where he belongs. Yeah, but there's a reason he hasn't played the outfield all year. You know, Kepler's been miserable, and they haven't, they haven't moved him in. So there's got to be a reason there. I just don't think that – I think that all those people that wanted the Twins to be brave during all these years, they finally made a, a trade for pitching. Right. And because the guy they traded is having a good year, um, we're down on it. I mean – it's really tough to say they, you know, the cheap poleds don't ever go for pitching. They go for pitching, and then it's like, well, but don't do it at the expense the of that guy. guy. Yeah, I'm going to sell it too because Pablo Lopez has been better than the numbers say. The eye test has been very good. He threw a gem the other night, and this team that cannot score got beat. Now everybody's saying Luis Arise would help the offensive woes. Sure, but he's one guy, and they've got again seven or eight guys that are in a slump at the same time. 
I read a tweet in response to a similar question that said, the only thing Luis Arise would do is increase this team's left on base because he would get on a ton and then the players that are scuffling would continue to scuffle and he would sit out there. Now, hitting can be contagious, but I don't think he can make up for that many players that are struggling right now. The one thing he would do is he would be, if he was up when the, when the uh, bases had guys at second and third and two outs, he would make some of those. Correct, this. but then you're begging for the right situation. Right. The other thing, too, is let's say the injuries to the pitching staff still happen. You're Sands Maeda and you're Sands Mally. So now you've got Ober and you've got Varlin moving up. You need another guy because Pablo Lopez isn't here. So I know pitchers don't actually battle one another. We see pitching matchups every day. They don't technically face each other. But I think if Bailey Ober's your three, Louis Varlin's your four, and somebody is your fifth, they're feeling even more pressed to be perfect than they are with an offense that struggles because, oh my gosh, I'm going up against another team stud. If I give up three, this game's over. So having Pablo Lopez is here, that's a good thing. I understand that giving up a rise was tough, but it wasn't the worst thing. The fact that he's going to hit 400 just adds to the litany of, oh, we gave up on this guy too quick, and Minnesotans love that. One guy that I won't give up on ever is Justin May. Tell us again how to buy or sell with you. Give me a call, 218-310-9559, or log on to MZR.com 24-7. I got two more things to add, Brian. Bailey Ober wasn't even in the starting rotation at the beginning of the year. They kind of plucked him out of nowhere. And the second thing is, the center fielder that should be playing center field Buxton, he's hurt anyway, and he hasn't been doing anything. So the guy's going to get hurt walking down the corridors of Minneapolis. Why is he not playing in the outfield? That's a question only those paid to answer it can answer. I agree with you. It's been a struggle in a number of ways. We never struggle with you, Justin May. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of your weekend.